0: Say it Yashodhanandana Vrajajanaranjana Yashodhanandana Vrajajanaranjana Jamunati Ravana Chari Jamunati Ravana Chari Jaya Radha Madhava, Jaya Kunja Bihari, Jaya Radha Madhava, Jaya Kunja Bihari, Jayom Vishnupad Param Hamsa Parivraja Kacharja Ashtota Shishimad A.C. Bhaktivaranta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki
1: Jay. Anatta Kota Vaishnavrinda Ki Jay. All glories to assembled devotees. All glories to assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishiguru and Gauranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo
0: Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Omagyana Tamarandasya Janajana Shalakaya Chakshurul Me Tamjena Dasmai Shri Guru Vena Maham
1: I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Sri
0: Chaitanya
1: When will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada who has established within this material world the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya give me shelter under his lotus feet?
0: Vanja kalpa kripa sindubhyevacya
1: I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. And they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Vastakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya.
0: Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare. I
1: pray that Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji, Srila Prabhupada, and Srila Gurudev use me as an instrument to, so that their message can flow through me to give me the words to serve the Vaishnavas listening. So Today is Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, and I am Jayshri Rade. We are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Creation, Chapter 15, The Pandavas Retire Timely, Text 39. Mathurya tata vrajram, suresena patim
0: tata, prajapatyam nirup. Peshtym Agnin Apibhad Ishvara Maturiayam Tatavatram Surasana Patim Tata Prajapatyam Nirupashtim Agnin
1: Apibad Ishvara Mathuya at Atmatur Mathu I'm sorry Atmathura Tata also. Vajram, Vajra. Surashenapatim, king of the Surashenas. Tata, thereafter. Prajapatyam, Prajapatya, sacrifice. Nirupya, having performed. Ishtim, goal. Agnin, fire. Apivat, placed in himself. Ishvara, capable. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Then he posted Vajra, the son of Anuradha, grandson of Lord Krishna, at Mathura and as the king of Surashenna. Afterwards, Maharaj Yudhisthira performed a prajapitya sacrifice and placed in himself the fire of quitting household life. Purport. Maharaj used this year after placing Maharaj Parakshit on the imperial throne of Hastinapur and after posting Vajra, the great grandson of Lord Krishna as the king of Mathura, accepted the renounced order of life. The system of four orders of life and four castes in terms of quality and work, known as Varnashram Dharma, is the beginning of human life. Maraj here as the protector of this system of human activities, timely retired from active life as a sannyasi, handing over the charge of the administration to a trained prince, Maraj The Scientific system of Anarshram Dharma divides the human life into four divisions of occupation and four orders of life. The four orders of life as Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sannyas are to be followed by all, irrespective of the occupational division. Modern politicians do not wish to retire from active life, even though, even if they are old enough. But you, this year, Maharaj, as an ideal king, voluntarily retired from active administrative life to prepare himself for the next life. Everyone's life must be so arranged that the last stage of life, say at, la, at least the last 15 to 20 years prior to death, can be absolutely devoted to the devotional service of the Lord to attain the highest perfection of life. It is really foolishness to engage oneself all the days of one's life in material enjoyment and fruitive activities. Because as long as the mind remains absorbed in fruitive work for material enjoyment, there is no chance of getting out from conditioned life or material bondage. No one should follow the suicidal policy of neglecting one's supreme task of attaining the highest perfection of life, namely going back home, back to Godhead. <clears throat> so in the purport today, Hare Krishna, um, Prabhupada talks about the Varnashram Dharma. So we'll talk about that a little bit today. So this is the division of society that's prevalent today. We think of it as the caste system in India, and we think it might be like a backward system because... In India nowadays, the caste system is used um, by birth. The qualification is by birth, not necessarily by quality. But we also see that there is a caste system here in the U.S. We don't call it a caste system. We just informally acknowledge it, right? We have blue-collar workers and white-collar workers, and some jobs are considered more uh, sought after or considered higher then others, some people think, oh, being like a politician or a doctor is more, uh, beneficial than being someone who cleans a janitor or someone who's a construction worker. So we tend to have these hierarchies in our head, but actually there is no hierarchy. So if we break down what is varna and ashram, varna means the occupation that we, um, Have what we do, how do we occupy our time, what are we doing to make money in this day and age, right? So if we break that down into four classes, four divisions, we have the brahmanas, which are the intelligent class. These are the academicians, teachers, educators, writers, thought leaders, priests, ministers, doctors, healers. So people that spend their time teaching other people people that spend their time learning and that's their occupation right they're learning and teaching what they learn kshatriyas also called the warrior class or also known as the administrative class these are where we look at our typical politicians executives um warriors so police military uh leaders rulers you know so we see that we'll have that in um, society so we have people that make the rules right we've got congress and politicians and presidents and things like that that people like that that make the rules and then we have people that kind of protect and serve and enforce the rules like the police and the military and then we have the vaishyas which is the business class so this is the class of people that um are business-minded. They're mer- merchants. They can also be farmers and business people. And in terms of farmers, they're more likely to be landowners and overseeing the farming of the land than the actual people that are tending to the land and farming the land. Um, We might think of a CEO of a major company to be like a leader, but actually they fall into the business class because... They really just have the business training to to um financially benefits that company. And then finally we have Shudras, the laborer class. These are our workers, the people that are actually doing the farming of the land. These are the people that are cleaning, um, janitors. So they're any kind of hard labor, what we can kind of think of as blue-collar workers. In um, the purport of Srimad Bhagavatam, let's see, 1, 12, 13, Prabhupada says, um, well, actually, sorry. In the Bhagavad Gita, 4, 13, Krishna says, according to the three modes of material nature and the work associated with them, the four divisions of human society are created by me. And although I am the creator of this system, you should know that I am yet the non-doer being unchangeable. So Krishna actually created the four divisions of human society. Like He kind of classified, made these divisions in in terms of what people would want to do and how they want to live their lives. And then they're associated with the modes of material nature. So we know what the modes of material nature are. We have the mode of goodness, the mode of passion, the mode of ignorance. And Brahmanas are considered the mode of goodness. Kshatriyas are considered to be in the mode of passion. And Vaishyas are considered to be in the modes of passion and ignorance. And then Shudras are considered to be in the mode of ignorance. But what we have to understand that even though, like, Brahmanas are considered to be in the mode of goodness and Shudras in the mode of ignorance, one class is not it's more superior than another. Because actually in this day and age, we don't find any true, pure brahmanas or anyone that's purely on the mode of goodness. We're all mixed. Like we may have some tendencies that are Brahman tendencies and some that are going to be, you know, kshatriya tendencies and some that will be um, business tendencies, right? So we have all these tendencies within all of us. So there's not anybody that's purely in the mode of goodness in this day and age. But we also have to understand that we need all classes of society to function. Right? If we just had a lot of brahmanas, a lot of people that are learning and teaching, then I, how would society function? Who's going to um, plan the infrastructure? Who's going to protect people? Who's going to clean and build? Right. So we need all... Th- all functions, it's also considered like the different parts of the body, right? The brahmana is considered the head, the kshatriya are the arms, the vayusha is the body, and then the shudra are the legs. So if we don't have one part of our body, it's hard for us to function properly. We can learn how to overcome some things, um, but still it's much more difficult. Like if we don't have, um, obviously, if we don't have our head or our torso, we're probably not living. Um, and we can live without our arms and our legs, but it just makes life that much more difficult. And I, I like to give the example of the movie, Day After Tomorrow. It's a very old movie, I think, at this point in time. But, so I hopefully, I'm not giving away any spoilers. But in this movie, there's a huge destructive events that are occurring, like, the whole earth is getting flooded and, and um, destroyed. And so the rich class, they got together all over the world, not just in one country, and they built this ark, right, like Noah's Ark. It's supposed to be symbolic of Noah's Ark. And the people that they invited onto this ark were basically scientists, academicians, people that were top of their field in in the academic world, scientific world, um, engineers, they had um, politicians, leaders, you know, people like that. So basically Brahmanas and Kshatriyas and the people that actually built the ark weren't allowed to come onto the ark to be saved. And I was thinking, well, once they, you know, the calamity is over and they have to rebuild society, Who's actually going to rebuild? Because it's not going to be the brahmanas that don't have any um, artisan skills. They don't have the skills to actually lay down bricks and lay down concrete. It's not going to be the kshatriyas because they also don't have those skills. It's usually the shudras and the Vaishyas that create those kinds of, um, that part of society. So we need all parts of society and so it is our own ego that tends, lets us think, well, I'm doing this, therefore I'm superior than another person, right? I'm at the top of my field and that field happens to be in the world of academia or it happens to be in medicine world or medical world. So then I think, oh, well then I'm the top of my field and I'm better than everyone else. I'm better than the janitor who cleans the hospital or the clinic because I'm the doctor that works there. Well that's not true because if the area is not clean, it's hard to actually treat anyone. If, you know, so we all have to realize that we're all working together to create a functional society. So then we can break it down even further and look at what are the qualities of, of all these different classes of people, the divisions of society. In Bhagavad Gita 1841, Krishna says, Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras are distinguished by their qualities of work in accordance with the modes of nature. In 1842, he goes on to say, peacefulness, self-controlled, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, wisdom, knowledge, and religiousness. These are the qualities by which the Brahmanas work. In 1843, he says, heroism, power, determination, resourcefulness, courage, in battle, generosity, and leadership are the qualities of work for the Kshatriyas. 1844, he says, farming, cattle raising, and business are the qualities of work for the Vaishyas, and for the Shudras, there is labor and service to others. So in the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1, 12, 13, in the purport, Prabhupada says, one's occupation in one of these categories is based on qualification, not by birth. What is one's tendency? So we have to look at these qualities that are laid out in the Bhagavad Gita, and we can read about them even more in depth, you know, if we... Study the Bhagavad Gita, the purports, if we study Srimad Bhagavatam, and we can really start to identify who, which of these qualities we identify with, right? Like, you know, if we talk about, um, you know, are, are you business minded? Do you have this head of, like, how to make money and, um, you know, really thrive in that environment? Or do you have a head for, like, just teaching, educating, um, talking to people in that way to help them understand something? Or, you know, do you have the quality that you're seeking, like, things that you seek are peacefulness and austerity? Or do you have this drive and, you know, you want to protect everyone and you just want to, like, make sure that everyone's safe? Those are the different qualities that we have to look into ourselves. In 1845, Krishna says, by following one's qualities of work, everyone can become perfect. Now please hear from me how this can be done. So we have to really figure out what our own dharma is, right? So it's Varnashram Dharma. So we're talking about the Varna. And then now we're talking about dharma, our duty, our nature, who we are. And, you know, we can look at what our tendencies are. We may be in a certain environment, in a certain situation, and that may not be our best expression of ourself, of our true nature, of our qualities. But in this day and age, sometimes we have to make those sacrifices to earn money, to provide for our family, provide for ourselves, to maybe even donate to the temple, um, donate to other important causes, um, that can help further Krishna consciousness. So we have to look at our particular qualities. Like, I like to look at the example of my father. He, well, you know, obviously, I also have been born in the Vaishya class. But my dad did not have any business tendencies whatsoever. Like, if he touched a business, it tended to not do well. However, my dad was very into educating himself, reading scripture. He was very much into following, you know, living a life of self-control and austerity, and he valued honesty. He was very tolerant. So he had a lot of Brahmin qualities. And, um, you know, indeed, if you look at my dad's, especially his final years, it was really more about getting in touch with Krishna consciousness and talking about Krishna and teaching that and chanting and just really finding that peace within himself. He wasn't so much into like, you know, at that point in his life about taking care of the family. He did what he had to, to take care of the family. He worked very hard to provide for all of us, but it wasn't his natural tendency. And so I could see often that he, um, would struggle with that part of himself. And so we can find that if we're not, you know, if we're working in a job or an environment that's not in line with who we are and our quality, it can have a big effect on our life. It can actually affect our health and well-being. And so we have to find a way to be in an environment that's not true to who we are in our nature, but still find joy and happiness with that. I also like to bring in the story that my uncles, my dad's brothers, and even my cousins, quite the opposite. They have such a big head for business that anything that they touch just starts to mint money, basically, right? Like they make so much money because they have such a head for business that they're able to do that and provide for their family that, that way. So we can see that in the same family, people have different tendencies, and I've read over and over again in this day and age, there's really only shudras. We don't really have brahmanas and kshatriyas and true vaishas. Um, but it's basically because we are mixed. We have mixed qualities, mixed tendencies. Um, in true varnashram living, brahmanas don't make money. They only are sustained by charity. And kshatriyas are maintained by taxes. And Vaishyas. Um, pay those taxes. They, the back, so the Vaishas are the economic backbone of society. And they make money from their entrepreneurial skills, um, not working, but they're not working in a job, but they're like, I guess in some ways, leaders of their company, of their business. Um, but still, it's more of the business end of it that they're leading. Or, you know, if they're a ranch owner, a farm own, land owner, then they're, running that farm in such a way that it's efficient and it's making money, things like that. Um, and then shudras work for money. They accept money. They just trade their skills for money. And their skills are very highly needed, right? So if you look at, again, that correlation to the body, the legs are the foundation of the body. But the trunk, right, that's the main middle part. It's kind of like the main part of our body. It takes up the most amount of space. That's what the Vaishas are. They're like the backbone of society, the the um, merchant class. But what we want to realize is that all these qualities that we have and all these different divisions of society, they're pretty much useless unless we tie them back to God, to Krishna, the absolute truth. So, Whatever qualities that we have, we can really get in touch with that by using them in service of Krishna. So if someone is really good at being a business owner and making money, they can, one, donate money, money and charity to the other classes, Brahmanas, to the temple, for maintaining the temple, for maintaining the beautiful worship of Radha Kalachanji and all the deities on the altar. Um they can you know support the people that are out uh, distributing books and preaching, they can support Christ- uh, the Prabhupada's preaching mission. Um in the purport of Srimad Bhagavatam 11213, Prabhupada says, in each and every one of the divisions of life, the aim must be to please the supreme authority of the personality of Godhead. So Whatever we're doing, whatever station we're in life, we must always think of Krishna and serve Him. And if we're all realizing that we're working together, we're all parts of the whole, like uh, the Brahmanas and the Kshatriyas and the Vaishyas and the Shudras, all parts of the whole, and we're all working towards pleasing Krishna and creating a society that is pleasing Krishna, then everyone benefits and everyone Gains that perfection of um, getting in touch with who they really are. So these divisions and all of that, they're all great, but if we're not getting in touch with who we are, if we're just more interested in learning for the sake of learning and, um, you know, having scientific theory and trying to take God out of the equation, then it's not really um, making any progress in our spiritual life. But if we look at Something like science, right? Like scientific method, and we're looking at it as like these are um, the rules of the material world that Krishna has created. We can see how beautiful the science t- science is and scientific method. Science is just basically people trying to figure out Krishna's arrangements, right? Krishna's plans for the material world. So if we can see it that way, everything becomes connected to Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita 18.45, Krishna says, By worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all-pervading, one can, in the performance of their own duty, attain perfection. And basically, I like that this um, is a, a quote that my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, has said, and I've heard Prasad Vajra Goswami quote many times, is, be who you are, be that for Krishna. So that's really important. If we're a musician, you know, we can be a musician for Krishna. If we are um, working in construction, you know, we can think of the buildings that we're constructing to be an offering to Krishna, even if they're being used for something else, that something else is still indirectly related to Krishna. If we're building temples or um, renovating temples, right, the actual people renovating, doing the, the work, that's another way you can use your skills for krishna because we have to sustain ourselves and we have to engage in society we we want to figure out how do we integrate everything that we're doing it's not really about balance because when we talk about balance we're talking we kind of divide ourselves up right like this is the jashree that goes to work and that's work jashree and then i have the jashree that's at home and who's relaxing jashree and then the jashree that comes to the temple and dresses the deities or gives class, and, you know, that's the the temple jayshri, right? But instead, we want to integrate all of these different um, areas of our life where everything becomes about Krishna. So whether I'm going to work, that's also about Krishna in that, one, I'm searching for a way to um, preach in the health world, right? To teach people about spirituality and how important it is in their health. And that's how I'm integrating both earning money as well as educating people on who we truly are. So then we have um, that level of integration. and But even in my, you know, recreational time, right, like learning how to bring Krishna into the times that I'm having fun. If I'm out in the park, you know, seeing Krishna everywhere around me. If I'm hanging out with people, you know, we're talking about Krishna because more times than not these days, um, especially post-pandemic, you know, social life hasn't really been what it once was. The only people I tend to hang out with are other devotees. So um, in that sense, it's, you know, we... Whatever we start talking about, we always end up talking about Krishna and how Krishna's involved in our lives. So even in our social time, in, our, in my fun time, Krishna's involved in that. You know, obviously when I come to the temple, it's really easy to see how Krishna's involved with that. But we really want to just connect everything and integrate our whole life to be around Krishna, right? Thinking about him all the time. But we also want to make sure that we're following our nature. Um, In Bhagavad Gita 333, Krishna says, Even a person of knowledge acts according to their own nature, for everyone follows their nature. What can repression accomplish? So we want to follow our dharma. And sometimes we need to know what that is. Sometimes it's hard for us to know what that is. If Sometimes we're in a job where we can't, we're not feeling like we're following our own nature. Well, we can find either side jobs or hobbies that can help us be more in t- touch with our nature. We can figure that out. We can ask ourselves some questions like, what are the values that are the most important to you? Um, you know, there's values like compassion, gratitude, relationships, um, peacefulness, honesty, integrity. You know, there's so many different values. If you just Google values or qualities – you'll find a whole list of different things and you can just figure out which ones are the most important to you and probably narrow them down to like the top five. That can give you an idea of who, like, of one idea. And you can look at, you know, listing all the things that you're really good at and then you can look at all the things that, you know, make you happy or make you mad about the world. You can look at all the things that... Um, bring you joy or bring you sadness, right? Like those are the things that you can use to help shape and determine what could be your true nature. Um, what are your duties? What are your, you know, who are you in in this world today? If I look at, you know, what's the, the values that are most important to me, um, I know for me compassion is huge. Um, integrity, relationships, educating, leading by example. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to talk to someone about eating healthy, then it's important that I'm also practicing that, uh, what I'm telling people to do. I may not be perfect at it, but I'm actually on that path, right? So if I'm telling people to chant attentively, I'm working on chanting attentively myself. And that's another time that we can have to discuss with Krishna, like we can ask him, what is our service? How do you want to engage me in your service when we're chanting our rounds, right? One of the things that we engage in every day, hopefully, is mantra meditation of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare
0: Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
1: So if we use that time to have a conversation with Krishna and ask him, you know, Krishna, how can I serve you? What am I meant to do? What's my purpose here in, you know, in, in Lord Caitanya's mission, in Srila Prabhupada's mission? How can I serve Krishna? How can I serve you the best? Then Krishna will answer. We just have to be open to what he's saying to us. I think... Even more so than, you know, sometimes when we do the other activities of asking ourselves these questions, it opens us up. But the final final say is really from Krishna. And we want to be open and able to receive that um, message that Krishna is giving us by doing these different things. So the other part of Varnashram Dharma is ashram, which means our station in life. And we have four stations according to the purport we read today. We have the student life, right? We have Brahmacharya. We have the household life called Grihasa, retired vanaprasta, and um, renounced or devotional life, sannyas. And these stages of life occur in every class. there's a time that in everybody's life that there's they're just learning mostly there's student life right and propa divides us up into tw- like 25 years because you know 100 years is the typical lifespan according to Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. We see in this day and age that we have a lot less our typical lifespan is 75. Or 77, somewhere around there. Um, and it varies according to race a little bit. So we can see that it's a little bit shy of that hundred years. And that could be for so many different reasons. One could be for not living according to our varna and our dharma, right? Who we are, true occupation and our duty, um, because of the way we have our life scheduled, our fast paced, life is so full of stress and stress can be a big factor in our health and how long in our longevity and how long we live. So we have student life that we can roughly say 25 first 25 years. This is where a person's learning. They're um, not really worried about earning money. Their whole occupation at that time is to study and learn for whatever occupation they're going to go into. This is when people can see the tendencies of a person. Um, one of the common examples I've heard frequently Rasedvija Swami talks about a lot too is, you know, he was um teaching kids and training kids in the Guru cool system. And he would be able to see the tendency of someone who was very much business oriented and would find different ways to like, oh let's I'm going to sell this for like, you know, a few cents and would, you know, make money. And he would just have this tendency from a very young age. So we have these different tendencies. And during the student life, they can be fostered um, for especially getting a really good education where it's very personalized to each person to see what they're good at and helping them hone those talents and skills. Um, The householder life, this is where... We start to earn money, maybe have a family. Um, You know, we're looking at contributing to society in that way. People may continue to learn, especially if they're in the brahmin class, right, or the, the, the teacher class. They may continue to learn so that they can continue to teach. You know, as a doctor, we have what's called continuing medical education, and I have to have a certain amount of hours of continuing medical education every year to maintain my license to practice medicine. So there's still some continuous learning, but more than the learning is the, the teaching and the doing. So this is where there's a lot more activity happening. The retired life, you know, this is, so that would be from 25 to 50, according to um, that a culture, then at age 50, we retire. We see that the retirement age here in the U.S. is 65, and they're talking about pushing it back to 67. Um, And then even after that, like, people don't want to retire, whether it's because they still have debt or they just don't know what else they want to do with their lives. Prabhupada mentions that in the purport today, that people don't want to retire. They want to pretty much work. And um, there's this thought or idea that people have that once they retire, that's it. It's over for them, and they're going to die soon. And we actually do see that, one, because they retire late in life. Um, like 65, 67, and two, because they haven't taken care of their health or other parts of their well-being throughout their entire life. They also don't have a purpose or something higher that they're connecting to after they retire. So they literally sit around and do nothing. Well, retirement doesn't mean literally sitting around and doing nothing. It's um, now the time for the people that are retired to pass on that wisdom to the younger generations, to guide them, to use that time to focus on their relationship even further with God and deepen it even further. And then finally, we have devotional life, or sannyas, which is renounced, right? This is further than retirement. This is when somebody like says, okay, I'm giving up my family. I'm moving away. I'm going to Vrindavan or the forest and just occupying my entire time with, you know, chanting and reading and just devoting myself to Krishna. Well, Prabhupada says in this day and age that we can have that mentality all throughout, even as student, householder, retired, because we can realize that everything is for Krishna, for God. And when we tie everything into the absolute truth, to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then we really can, um, be renounced in every occupation in every station of our life so we don't have to have a separate time for that um, even that retirement because if everything that we're doing is for Krishna and it's teaching the mission of Krishna it's leading by example it's showing others that um, who we are we are spirit souls and the spirit soul is eternal full of bliss and knowledge and we're servants of God and we each have our own unique relationship with Krishna and in whatever occupation of life we're dealing with that, then there's no need to retire per se. So we get that confused with people, you know, people that are working in that material world because they're like, Oh, this is so fulfilling. I don't want to stop doing it because they don't have anything higher that they're continuing their connecting their work with. We can see that Prabhupada didn't retire, right? He, he, was definitely in the renounced order of life. He was a sannyas, but he traveled the world and spread the mission and word of Krishna consciousness. He was teaching people that we're not this body. We are spirit souls, and we're servants of Krishna, and we have to get back in touch with that. He was te- he used that time, which you would, we would typically typically think of as retirement, to engage everyone else in love of Krishna. Bhagavad five 5.6, Krishna says, Unless one is engaged in devotional service of the Lord, mere renunciation of activities cannot make one happy. The sages, purified by works of devotion, achieve the supreme without delay. So this reiterates this point that in every occupation of life, we can find that joy, that peace, that love for God within, right? In Bhagavad Gita 5.10, Krishna says, One who performs their duty without attachment, surrendering the results unto the Supreme God, is not affected by sinful action, as the lotus leaf is untouched by water. So again, it reiterates that we do these duties without attachment, without worrying about what's going to come of it. Am I going to make enough money? We just have faith that Krishna will provide for everything, and we find that peace as long as we're doing our duty. We can't be like, oh, Krishna's going to provide for everything and I'm just going to sit around and watch TV all day. Um, something I have to kind of remember for myself as well, if we can get caught into that trap. But we have to remember that we have to perform our duty. We have to do it with that engagement of our thought and our mind in Krishna. Um, and then in Bhagavad Gita 5.30, Krishna says, Therefore, O Arjuna, surrendering all your works unto me with mind intent on me and without desire for gain and free from egoism and lethargy, fight. So we want to have, we want to be free from desire for gain and free from ego and lethargy, right? Like that desire to not do anything. And we want to fight. We want to do our duty. It's Surrendering to Krishna is the key to the entire varnashram dharma. Whether we're brahmana, shudra, sannyas, grahasta, we want to surrender unto Krishna. That's the ultimate goal. And we can see that in um, the purport of Bhagavad Gita 1866, Prabhupada states, one may perform a particular occupational duty according to their position in the social order, But if by executing their duty, one does not come to the point of Krishna consciousness, all their activities are in vain. So we want to make sure that we are coming to the point of Krishna consciousness in all of our duties. And, you know, we can look at that. We can really focus on that by focusing on Krishna and, of course, chanting Japa, which we talked about, chanting the Maha Mantra, the mantra meditation that we do, making sure we do it a prescribed number of times, whatever that is for you, you know, keeping up with that daily. Um, you know, most of us have made the vow to do 16 rounds. One round is, you know, one time around the beads, which is 108 beads. So one round is 108 times of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And we promise to do that 16 times. So, we do that, and it fortifies our mind it it creates that connection to Krishna, so that whatever we do throughout the day, we can stay connected to Krishna. You know we often talk about chanting in the morning, which is ideal, like I can tell you when I chant my rounds in the morning, it's the most attentive. I feel really good throughout the day. I feel like i'm I've got this shield or buffer around me that no matter what's happening throughout the day, I'm protected. I've got Krishna on my brain, right? Um, Sometimes though, you know, whatever in the morning, there's not enough time, especially when I was working, there was like this rush to get to work. So then I maybe chant like four rounds before I get to work, maybe another like two or four rounds during lunch, another four, you know, eight rounds when I get home. So it's like, they're split up throughout the day, but that can still be protective and that can still keep us engaged with Krishna because we're chanting throughout the day. And the other thing to um, realize is that this chanting that we do, like what I find is that when I chant all 16 of my rounds in the morning, that chanting continues even when I put down my beads. Like its It's like I can't stop chanting even within my mind. When I break it up throughout the day it's there it's not so much like that right So that's the benefit of chanting you know an hour and a half in the morning or two hours in the morning however long it takes you to chant 16 rounds versus breaking that up throughout the day yes i'm getting krishna little doses of krishna throughout the day but i find that it's it doesn't um, have that same effect of me just continuing to chant once i put my beads down so I do highly recommend, if it's possible, to figure out a way to maybe get up, you know, 20, 30 minutes earlier to chant some rounds in the morning. If you can get up two hours earlier, that's a lot. You know, that means you have to get to bed two hours earlier. And that can sometimes be very difficult to do depending on what time you get home from work and what all has to happen before you get to bed. Um, I know for me, when I was working, you know, it's that, desire to just kind of relax and watch a couple of episodes on Netflix or something and then that can kind of spiral and there's this whole thing called um, revenge procrastination because you're so busy throughout the day that evening time is like the only time you have to do um, you know scroll on Facebook or watch TV that we can go a little bit overboard with it and just keep doing it into the wee hours of the night and so You know, those are the kinds of things that we can look at and say, "Okay, well, we do want to unwind a little, and maybe watch, you know, one episode, or put a time limit on how much you're going to scroll, and then, you know, maybe end your evening with chanting a round or two, even if you've already chanted all your rounds. It's a a great way to kind of, you know, close off the day with thinking of Krishna. So you you can. Focus on Krishna while you sleep, right? So then we can dream about Krishna, and then we wake up thinking about Krishna and chant our rounds. Even um, you know, chant a few rounds in the morning before work, and then throughout the day you're chanting a few rounds here and there. It's still connecting you to Krishna, and it's still getting you to a place where maybe you don't need to relax that way, and you unwind with chanting, and you unwind with getting to bed at an earlier time, and getting up earlier and earlier. So, you know, that's the the desire we want to have is that everything that we do that even when we're unwinding, you know, instead of watching something, you know, mundane on Netflix, we can watch some, you know, story about Krishna. There's a few different cartoons and depictions and stories and shows and movies that depict depict Krishna and his pastimes or Lord Ram in his pastimes, Mahabharata. So there's different things that we can watch if we are so inclined. Um, So I'll conclude with, you know, whatever we do, whatever we offer, whatever we think, we want to do that in service of Krishna and remember him at all times. And whatever we need to do to get us to remember him at all times is what we need to do. So I'll end here since um, there's no one here to ask any questions. Sarantara, Bhagavatam ki.